Hi, welcome to the Demystifying MTB podcast, where we talk about all the tricky bits related to mountain biking. This podcast is presented by myself, Matt Miller, aka MTB PhD, and Rowan Martin, aka Sweaty Techie. The podcast is brought to you by Breakace. And the whole reason we started Breakace is to demystify your ride. Breakace collects complex data and presents it to you in an easy-to-action way so you know where to improve your riding. And that's exactly what we're going to do with this podcast. We cover all the aspects of mountain biking to get you riding faster, having more fun, and owning the mountain. Most of the mountain bike world at the moment is in the depths of winter, sad to say. I'm in New Zealand, and it's, well, I mean, it's supposed to be summer. Technically, it's summer, but it, it hasn't been great. It's been raining a lot. But I know what it's like to be in winter, and winter, uh, you know, we have winter here in New Zealand, and I'm just as susceptible as anyone else at making excuses uh, to not ride. Right, because if it's wet or uh, the you know the days are short, I, I'm gonna try and make an excuse to not go. Roadies have a really easy time when it's winter because they can just hop on the trainer. It makes sense. It's a lot like road cycling. You can hop on something like Zwift and literally do a road race. It's just like road cycling. Of course, you're not moving side to side. Uh, like you might on a road bike, and it feels weird when you stand up. But those things are changing as the new technologies kind of come out, and there's some pretty cool bikes on the way. So check those out. And I think in a few years, we'll probably all be riding inside, like a lot. I know it's already growing, thanks to things like Swift and RGT Cycling, and there's a few others. I can't remember what they are. I've been training inside for a long time, and... Since my background was in XC, it kind of made sense because we some t- we train a lot on the road, right? But if you're a trail rider, enduro racer, downhill racer, or just like a weekend warrior and you want to be fit and ready for the summer of riding, does Zwift actually make sense? I hear a lot of mountain bikers say, don't do it. That's a waste of time. And I highly, highly disagree. I really think training indoors can really jumpstart your fitness and let you come into the season with probably a fitness that you've never had before. Now, I've been, I I was on Zwift the other day, which I, I don't normally do, obviously, because it is summer here. And we generally in Rotorua, we can ride all year. But it was just raining so much. I was like, oh, get me on the trainer so I can stay active. So obviously, when you're training for mountain biking, you have things like, obviously, pedaling. You have things like cross-training, I do a bit of running, hiking, and obviously you have strength training, right? So strength training's probably always indoors, I would assume, so you stay pretty dry, so there's fewer excuses for that. But what should you do? Should you be training on Zwift? Now, I wrote this article on mtbphd.com a few years ago, because it was the first time I had actually tried Zwift. I go into my history with indoor training, which I'd done a lot a lot of indoor training coming from wintry Pennsylvania uh, where it snows a lot. Well, not a lot, but it snows enough that you sometimes can't access trails or the road. There's a photo of me with a, a snowy covered face. So I was obviously riding on the road in the snow. But I wrote these five reasons why as a mountain biker, 
you should try Zwift. And this is from my experience as both someone training in in the winter, right? Because I know all the problems that come with that. And also as a coach, right? So I help mountain bikers get better, whether it's XC, downhill, enduro, or just, you know, a normal person who wants to beat their mates. So this podcast isn't going to be about Break Ace. Obviously, Break Ace, we... We've put so much time into Break Ace, and it is so close to being able to be sent out, just waiting on a few small bits of very small software changes that we're making internally. We're not going to talk about that today. Although, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last episode, the free speed ebook is now available. So I made that available on breakace.com. We can go download an e copy of the free speed ebook. You can also order a hard copy for those of you who like paper. They're available on Amazon. Amazon's cool because it's made to order. Like, you order it, they print it. There's no books just sitting there. Pretty cool. So it's about 100 pages, and it goes into all the metrics on Breakace, and it tells you how to use the flow score, shows you six steps to quick analysis, and the four-step Breakace method to faster times. We talked about that on a previous episode of Demystifying MTB. So that's all very exciting, and there are some huge moves being made with Breakace. I've kind of tried to stop promising when we're going to ship it out because it's a highly complex product, and we've been using it for a while now, and we've been really, really, really happy with what we've been able to get out of it because it just works every time which is pretty much perfect and that's what you want when you send something out so we're just trying to wrap that up but some things take longer than others because we're a small team very small team bootstrap team nonetheless uh, um, we're focused on break ace but uh, it we sometimes just kind of run out of the time available to do all the things that need to be done to send a sensor out and run a business which is why Rowan's not here today I figured, you know, Rowan has a few software things that he needs to tidy up. Let me just not bother him, and I'll do this podcast episode on my own. So we'll get Rowan back next time. We have a few episodes lined up. So let me give you my five reasons why you as a mountain biker should get on Zwift. And when I say Zwift, I just say Zwift actually is almost like the word Google, right? You Google something. It's just just the name has become, in my mind, synonymous with training indoors. Well, you just go on Zwift. To be fair, I didn't even use Zwift when I went on last time. I have a Wahoo Smart Trainer and a Wahoo Head Unit, and I can just run a workout from my head unit. It's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. I just sync the workouts up on my training peaks. They go right to my Wahoo Head Unit, and the head unit controls the intensity of the trainer. That's great. It's awesome. But I use the word Zwift uh, just kind of to mean indoor training. So we'll we'll see what words come up as we're going. Maybe we'll just we'll, we'll try and get a little bit more generic. But that's what I mean when I say Zwifting. Reason number one that you should get on Zwift and ride inside for the winter is that you just end up having fewer excuses. And as a self-proclaimed fair weather rider, I don't need just another excuse. Right, I got plenty of excuses that I don't need to add weather to be one of those excuses that stops me from getting in exercise and making sure that I'm ready for the season. So 
mountain biking in the winter, you just blow through gear, right? When, even if you're riding on the road because of whatever kind of chemicals are put on the road to stop things from freezing, uh, that stuff gets in your drivetrain, gets on your frame, gets in your pads, and it just kind of wears things down. That's probably not what you really want in your $10,000 mountain bike. At least I don't want that. So, you know, riding inside, it just removes the extra layer. Like you don't have the getting cold part. You don't have the ruining your bike part. You don't have the adding 15 layers of clothes just to make sure that you can be fully prepared and not be too cold. You don't have that when you ride inside. You literally just, I mean, you could just hop on in your regular clothes push start and and you're away you don't have to get dressed you don't have to wear uh, a shirt if you don't want to you don't have to wear a helmet uh, you just basically need a towel to for your sweat and a little bit of water and everything's super easy access so fewer excuses so if you are a fair weather rider you're gonna really have problems if you don't get out on Zwift right because when we get to the winter we're having worse weather more consistently at least in most parts of the world. So if you can get training indoors, get a stationary trainer, there's one less excuse and you'll just do it, right? Because it's already set up. Now, in terms of, so that's number one. In terms of your fitness though, Zwift from looking from the outside, it looks totally different to what you do on mountain biking, right? In mountain biking, the way we perceive what we do is that we go really hard and then we rest. Really hard and then we rest. Obviously, there's a huge technical component as where brake ace is focused. And that you you can't uh, you can't recreate that inside at the moment. But when we look at what we're doing physically, which is why we would train indoors anyway, when we look at what we're doing physically, that feels a lot different than what we're gonna do in mountain biking. If you think about like uh, a road a road ride, what do you do? You go and you pedal like you can almost pedal non-stop you can pedal on uphills you can pedal on downhills you can pedal through turns generally these things you don't do in mountain biking and generally because you're pedaling so much and having so few brakes on the road you can't go that hard that many times right because you just wouldn't recover fast enough so you say you say to yourself, well, this is just way too different. This is way too different compared to mountain biking. Why would I do any kind of training on the road slash indoors on Zwift? Well, there's a really good reason. There's a really good reason you do that. And because that's because it's probably your weakness. Your weakness as a mountain biker in terms of your fitness is your ability to sustain prolonged bouts of exercise. Your ability to ride up uh, a 20 minute climb at a steady pace and then do it over and over and over which is ju exactly what you're going to do with your mates when you go on that epic mountain bike vacation right you're going to pedal up a lot of hills you need to be prepared for that you need to be able to be prepared to pedal at a moderate pace for a very long time maybe all day if you're out on an epic ride now there's no digging deep on steep pinches if you're out for an all-day epic or a week-long vacation or if you're trying to ride all summer, you're not going to dig super deep every time. So you need to really train your ability to be aerobically fit. Now, mountain bikers have had a huge problem with this for a really long time. 
And this kind of leads in to, um, to my second point, but, or to my third point, but what you need to be able to do is you really need to be able to lift your aerobic ability. And you can only do that with sustained pedaling. Now, if you're, if you ride on trails like I did back in Pennsylvania, those trails are steep up, steep down, steep up, steep down, over and over and over and over. So you never get really prolonged bouts of pedaling. You need to be able to do that if you're going to improve your fitness or at least maintain your fitness for when you get to the summer. And this is really where Zwift comes in because that's, that is what you're doing. You're pedaling kind of nonstop and you, you feel it if you dig too deep. Now, my third point is kind of related, but this comes down to the way that you produce power way that you produce power. So yes, you need to be able to be aerobically fit to be able to sustain long bouts of pedaling, but you also need to be able to pedal at a high cadence at times, right? So as mountain bikers, generally, we're pretty good at grinding up hills. We put it in, whatever. You, even if we put it in the granny and we're grinding at like 60 RPMs, we can do that. Any mountain biker can do that. Any mountain biker can stand on the pedals for a short time to get over a steep pinch especially if they have a break, a rest after it, which is the downhill. But mountain bikers generally can't produce power at a high cadence. Even some of the top mountain bikers really struggle with this. And even though they train on the road, they generally will bring their cadence down to something like 80 RPMs on the road, whereas you probably should be like somewhere 90 to 100. Now, if you were able to ride at a high cadence, what you do is you reduce the force needed for every pedal stroke. So power is torque times angular velocity, which is how hard you're pushing multiplied by how fast you're spinning the cranks. So you can produce the same power just by increasing your cadence, right? And not changing your torque at all. And that's really good because mountain bikers, the way we generally increase our power is to just push harder. Whereas what we should be trying to do is push at a lower force and rotate that around more times, so at a higher cadence. And what this really does is it saves our type two muscle fibers for when we really need it. Now roadies, they're great at riding at a high cadence. They're able to produce power at 100 RPMs. Now if you get on Zwift right now, if you haven't trained yourself to be able to ride at, let's say, 200 watts at 100 RPMs, you're gonna get tired really quick, even though 200 watts may not be your threshold. It may be actually a, a nice, easy pace for you, for example, although that's doing pretty good if you can do that. But what mountain bikers really struggle with is producing power at a high cadence. So getting on Zwift, riding on the trainer, I mean, that that is what you're going to do. If you're riding at 60, 70 RPMs on the trainer, you're doing it wrong. And honestly, it's going to feel a bit weird anyway, because when we're riding at a, a low cadence, something like 60 or 70 RPMs, it feels good to like stand up and stretch a little bit. Whereas if you try and do that on Zwift, since the bike doesn't move side to side, it doesn't feel that great. So try riding at a high cadence and that's really gonna train you to be actually a better mountain biker. Even though when you get out for mountain biking, you're going to reduce your cadence just by, because that's what the trails make you do. Training your ability to ride at this high cadence is going to bring your aerobic ability just up a notch. And this will take you to a new level new level when you get into the training uh, or into the season next year. So that's number three. 
All right, number four. Now this one, if you've ever read anything that or listened to any of my other podcasts, uh, you'll know that pacing is like one of the most important. One of the things that I talk about that mountain bikers always get wrong. Every mountain biker gets pacing wrong. Everyone, uh, even even at the World Cup, riders are getting their pacing wrong. Now, if you think about the human engine, that's us, like you, yourself, are an engine. You have this ability to do work, right? So you have this ability to pedal. And that's great. But actually, human engines are, they're endurance engines, right? They're, they're built to outlast a gazelle. Right, and you just wear this gazelle down. Gazelles are great at sprinting, and humans, even though we have some amazing specimens that can sprint incredibly fast, we're not actually sprinters. Right, we're we're endurance machines. We're we're built to outlast the gazelle, so that way we can then take the gazelle, and that then that's our food. Right, we can we can run a, a gazelle down for eight hours if we really had to and just tired out, whereas a, a gazelle would collapse in exhaustion, and we would not yet be exhausted. That's what the human engine is best at. Now, mountain bike races are nothing like that. And the way we look at mountain bike races is we we look at them as sprints, which, first off, we suck at sprints. Even if you're good at sprints, you generally kind of can't maintain it as a human. And... Uh, so, so we blow up, right? So we're not good at sprints. We look at a race as a sprint and we try to sprint it, but it just doesn't work. We, we blow up and then we have to slow down. So as mountain bikers, especially if we're not using a power meter and we're not using a brake ace, we don't know what our limits are out on the trails. And this is something that's really important to find because if you can stay under your limit, you can perform better. Right? Or if you can stay right at your limit, you can perform better. So, for example, if you're going down a hill and you're totally gassed, you're going to overbrake. Right? We don't want to do that. So if you're racing a downhill and you start with a 30-second all-out sprint because the trail is kind of undulating, you're just going to get really tired and you're going to make a lot of mistakes going down. This is why we know pacing is super important. So mountain bikers are awesome at blowing up, whether it's XC, downhill, or enduro or just a long climb with mates. We're experts at blowing up and going too hard. Now, in Zwift, if you try, let's say, a Zwift road race, or, I don't know, do they have Zwift mountain bike races? I actually don't know, but it would be very similar. Anyway, now if you try that and you go way too hard way too soon, everyone's just going to pass you, and they're going to drop you, and you're going to have to quit. I almost, like nine times out of ten actually, this is how everyone's first Zwift race goes, right? They go too hard, they drop the group, the group catches them, drops them, they suffer, and they blow up. Now mountain bikers are great at blowing up. We need practice to avoid blowing up so that way we can ride smoother when we get out on the trails. And like I said, this is XC, Enduro, downhill, and riding with your mates, being able to, if you know your limits and you can find your limits, you will be a better rider, a much better rider. 
This doesn't mean always go easy. This doesn't mean always coast. And I always talk, I always preach this coasting is is king, where you can get this all this free speed. Free speed, the ebook, our book talks about that. That doesn't mean you always have to go easy. There are really there are definitely times when you need to go all out. But you need to find that limit. And one of the things that Zwift does is it shows your power the whole time. And this gives you a real good opportunity to figure out what your power output, where your limit is for your power. Obviously, you have to do things like an FTP test to find your aerobic limit. That's probably the first thing you'll do before you get started so you can set your zones properly and to select the right races to be in and to follow a proper training program. So you need to find your limits. And Zwift actually makes it really easy. It, 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 it shortens the, uh, it steepens the curve for you to find your limit. And that's a really good thing for you to be able to do because generally when we're riding with our mates, we don't really find our limit beyond uh, an endurance kind of limit. And we find this endurance kind of limit because we went hard, too hard earlier on. And it's a little bit compounded because we end up taking a lot of breaks when we're riding with our mates. But you you don't do that in Swift. Like no one's out there like having uh, a snack at the top of the hill on Swift. You're just going and they will leave you behind because it's the internet. They don't care about you. They're going to drop you. So get on Zwift and you'll find your limits and you'll find that that start effort that you thought you could maintain at all those races you did last year, you find, oh, well, this makes sense now. I know why I had a poor finish at that race. It's because I blew up early on. And when you figure this out on Zwift, you'll probably want something like a power meter to to help you guide uh, long liaisons out in the woods uh, to help you uh, guide how much, how hard you sprint off the line in a downhill race or how you pace an XC race, right? So Zwift is like, Zwift is in a way like a gateway drug to a power meter. And in my mind, I think that's okay because I think mountain bikers should all have power meters because power meters are, are like Zwift on steroids. Like suddenly now you can learn everything about yourself out on the trails, right? If you have a power meter, a heart rate monitor, and a brake ace, what more do you need to understand the way you ride? I mean, this, this is, these are the technologies available to get the most out of yourself. And Zwift, if you haven't tried Zwift, Zwift is a really good place to start because it's going to help you understand your limits as a human being. So try that. Try the race. And if you want to break the, the very first rule of Zwift, take it easy as you get into that, that first Zwift race you ever do. Take it easy. Ease into the start. And uh, don't blow up. And maybe you'll finish your first race. That'd be great. Now, on that, this is my final point, number five. Uh, as a mountain biker, it's, it's kind of related, right? Uh, this is my way to, this is me like subtly bashing mountain bikers in a fun way, right? So we as mountain bikers, and I'm one of them, hand up, I'm one of them. So we have horrible tactics, and we are pretty horrible at like saving energy, right? So this goes a little bit beyond pacing. This goes comes into like the dynamics of a group, riding in a group. One of my favorites, because I have done a little bit of road racing, like crits and stuff in uh, back in Pennsylvania. 
I, I learned this fun trick. Now, I'll tell you it. I'll let you in on a little bit of a secret. But when you're riding in a group in the road, you don't want to be taking the wind, right? Because aerodynamic drag is the biggest force acting against you on the road. That's why you see everyone drafting. Now, if you're drafting in the back of the group, you're literally getting a free ride unless everyone's over-braking in the turns, which is also extremely common. But you never want to take the wind. You want to be like towards the front so that way you can be there if any moves happen, but you don't want to be actually the person at the front. Now, the person that ends up at the front, they also know they don't want to be at the front, but they find themselves in the way stuck there because what are they going to do? Drop back and slow down the pace of everything? What if they drop back and they can't get in towards the front of the group, then they're way at the back, and suddenly they have no opportunity to move up. So if you first off, try not to find yourself at the front in a road race because it's a waste, waste of energy, absolutely, unless you're in a break. Um, but mountain bikers don't really have this sense of the benefits of drafting. We don't have the sense of tactics. We don't have this uh, ability to, let's say, in an XC race, to to beat the person that we're racing with. We don't have that ability because we haven't kind of fine-tuned our race tactics. So what we find is that road racers are generally pretty cunning, and they have this ability to to win a race or win a bunch sprint with their friends even though they're not the best sprinter or the the most fit. So one of the things that I was taught when I was racing road is if you're a second, third wheel, just act like you're really, really suffering. Act like you're on the limit, right? So you make, you you know what someone looks like when they're on the limit. They're making like a face, they're drooling, they're like (laughs) panting, you know, it's, they look ugly, disgusting, horrible. And you're like, whoa, I'm not getting anywhere near that guy. I'm just going to stay here on the front keep pulling this race because if I let that guy go to the front, that's me because I'm making these dumb faces and I look like I'm suffering, then uh, I'm going to slow the group down, right? So whoever's in front of me, they're not going to want to get behind me because I'm a liability at that point. So this fun tip that I was given is always act like you're suffering. If someone turns around and they look at you, act like you're suffering because it's great. They're not going to want you to take the wind. So Mountain bikers don't do this, right? This is a cunning roadie tactic, which I happen to like very much. So obviously you can't do that on Zwift, but you can do like the, the proxy to it, the, the e-proxy to uh, your horrible tactics that you have as a mountain biker. So you can sit in the, sit in the group, right? Now at Zwift, this really surprised me when I first started Zwifting, if you will. Uh, that you could actually draft. It was pretty cool. Like you, you're riding in the bunch and your avatar, your person, your guy, uh, to bring in a Nintendo reference, your guy is like, you can be at the front and you can be at the back. And you can go the same speed as the group if you're on the back at a lower power. And this is really good because you want to be able to do that uh, on the trails. So this gives you a sense of like, what are the actual benefits of being able to go with my friends, being able to ride with my friends, but not work as hard as my friends because maybe I want to be able to ride the same the next day, or maybe I'm just not as good as them, or maybe uh, I just, 
I have some work to do, right? So mountain bikers generally don't have a great sense of this. The mount, the standard mountain bike approach is go until you're done, go until you blow up, which I always found to be a poor approach because of the technical requirements of mountain biking and because of how fatigue affects your technical ability. So if you're riding with your mates, you can work or you can use these things that you've learned on Zwift, such as drafting, such as uh, getting the sprint without leading out the sprint, right? So sprinting at the very last second. Don't leave it too late. Don't go too early. There's a perfect time to go for a sprint, whether it's sprinting for uh, the trailhead or, or it's sprinting for the finish or it's beating the person that you're riding with in an XC race, right? You, want, you don't want to come up second in that sprint in that two-up sprint, you want to come up first. You want to beat that person. And mountain bikers generally, their tactics are horrible. And I think Zwift or e-racing in particular are great ways to work on those tactics. And these these specifically being saving energy and, and going hard at the right times, whether that's uphills or finishes. So those, those are my five reasons you should be training indoors. I think if you try these things, not only will you come out with a renewed fitness or this this new fitness, this uh, this new level of fitness that you can apply across the season, you'll also come out a smarter racer or a smarter rider. And they're almost equally important in my mind. So if you can do two of these really important things, you're going to be unrecognizable when you come out in into the summer, into the spring. Now, so that, that's, that's really it in a nutshell. Try it, but there's one caveat is be careful you don't overdo it. So this is where training plans are really effective because you can get it, the right training plan at the right time. So that way you can come out firing but still have something left in the tank. Now, as a mountain biker, we're like hanging out for summer. Let me tell you, I've been hanging out for summer because – there's nothing that gives me more motivation than a sunny day. That That's when I want to ride is a sunny day. And I hang out for those sunny days because they're just next level fun. You don't want to get to summer and already be over it, right? You don't want to be sick of mountain biking. So you need to be careful that you don't do too much too soon. Generally, what I'd look for if you look for a training plan is something like maybe a base training plan. Don't Don't promise yourself that you can do six days a week when you normally only do two, right? Try for three days a week, start there. And if you can maintain that for something like six to eight weeks, then you can bump it up, right? So so don't bite off more, you, more than you can chew because when you really want to be riding, that's, we're a long way from there and you wanna be ready for the summer. So what I'll do is I'll leave a link to the original article here in the com in the description down here below and in that there are four Zwift workouts for mountain bikers and you can download them they're free download on the site there's not really a good way to give these files but I also I believe there's a link in there that shows you how to upload these specific files of workouts that you should try as a mountain biker to be a better mountain biker next year I believe there's instructions for how to upload those to your Zwift account. Uh, I believe they're in the article. So check that out and 
try a few of these things and let me know what you think. All right, that's all. Thanks. <laughs>